I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to My Big Idea, an ASOS podcast. I'm Naomi and my guest today is Madeline Parra, CEO and co-founder of Twizoo, a restaurant recommendation app. She talks algorithms and investors and the life of a startup. Now, here's Madeline's big idea. Hello, Madeline, and welcome to ASOS Canteen. Hi there, how are you? I'm okay. So, um, you're um, the CEO and co founder of Twizoo, is that right? Yep. Um, do you want to tell me a little bit in a one sentence what your app is about? Yeah, so Twizoo, it's a restaurant recommendation app based on what people are saying on Twitter. So, it's like a TripAdvisor or a Yelp, but all of our reviews are tweets. Cool. How did you come to set this up? Were you kind of straight out of college or were you working and you had this idea? What happened? Yeah, so I was previously working at GlaxoSmithKline um, and I used to do a lot of their social media monitoring analysis. Um, But while I was was doing that, I kind of realized that in general, reviews are broken, so nobody really leaves reviews anymore. Like, I don't really know a lot of people who go on TripAdvisor, leave a review, go on Yelp, leave a review. Um, and I realized, you know, people are much more likely to share their experiences about, you know, a restaurant or a hotel or even a book on things like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So I was wondering, you know, can you build something that basically... How can you catch all of those mentions and kind of aggregate them or bring them together? Yeah, so we've built a filter on top of Twitter that picks up anytime somebody mentions a restaurant, bar, cafe, or pub, either the Twitter handle or just the text. Okay. And then we um, pull that tweet in and we analyze, you know, is it positive, is it negative, how credible does this person seem, or is it possibly the chef or somebody who works there? Um, We also see, like, do people reply and seem to agree or disagree? So we look at a lot of things in the tweet to try to determine, you know, is that a positive review? Or, or not. And then from that, you can kind of build a, a sort of little rating system so to help people decide where they want to go. Yeah, exactly. So you can search in the app for things like, you know, breakfast in Soho or cocktails in Shoreditch. And we go in, pull in all that data from Twitter and then recommend to you, okay, this is the best place to go, but you might want to avoid this place based on what people have been tweeting recently. Amazing. And um, when you were at GlaxoSmithKline, did your job really resemble that in any way? You were just looking for people reviewing their products or...? Yeah, so we, we did a variety of things and it's actually that's where I met my co-founder. So he also used to do some of this work with me at GSK. Um, but yeah, so we would... Who were your co-founders? Did you set it up with two other people or...? So, one, so I have one other co-founder, John Talbot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So one of the and things he, he was your work colleague. Yeah. Yeah. So he used to actually work for one of the digital agencies that did our social media monitoring and helped oh, okay. us with that technology. And you in house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were got on great. Yeah. I mean, we we were just like you know we would produce these reports of you know this is what people are saying about 
you know, GSK on Twitter, and it was really never that interesting. So yeah. And how did you originally get into social media for a big pharmaceutical company? It's a, it's actually quite a long story, but I used to be a teacher okay. um, back in the States, uh, and I left that, and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Right. Um, and what, were you a science teacher? I was a math teacher. A math teacher. Yeah, so I was a math teacher in inner, inner city Baltimore. Okay. So I don't know if you've ever seen The Wire, but yeah. it was a lot like that. Pretty hardcore. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you know, this isn't for me. <laughs> um, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. But I joined GSK originally in our IT department. Yeah. Um, and I did a lot of the systems that actually randomized patients on patient, like, clinical trials. Okay. Um, and so, so you're I, quite computer-minded, quite data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oriented. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'd always, like, at GSK and as it kind of my role evolved and they moved me over to London it was always kind of like the intersection between digital and IT and maths yeah so it was always kind of things in that space yeah yeah and then how long were you at that company for a few years yeah so I was at GSK for almost four years yeah um so about a year and a half in the U.S. and then um, about two years, a little bit over two years here in the U.K. Yeah. Before I quit and started doing Twizoo. And so um, how did the kind of inspiration strike that you should sort of put aside medicine and go towards restaurants? Yeah, it's, it's funny. She must have been thinking about it and planning it while you were still in your yeah, job. Yeah, so we, we were kind of tinkering around with the concept. Um, and when we first started Twizoo, like and and still our vision is kind of be this customer review platform built on social media so not just what restaurant should I go to this weekend but you know what hotel should I stay at when I go on my holiday in Paris or what book should I read next what movie should I watch tonight all those opinions are basically they're already there on social media so we started with restaurants mainly because the data was so rich so people love taking pictures of their food food porn is a thing yeah um, and there was so much volume there so on average yeah, there's yeah, it's a really popular theme, isn't it? Yeah, so we, but yeah, when we were first, when the idea first struck, we were like, okay, we'll do everything at once. Like, Twizoo will be the place to find a hotel or what book should I read next? Basically, any anything review with people, of everything. review of everything, yeah. right? Um, but we kind of narrowed our focus to start with, with restaurants and bars. Yeah, and so whereas in, in the old days, people might have paid a market research company to go out and find out what people think of different things. That's already just there on the internet. Yeah. You just have to kind of work out how to yeah. harness the power. Yeah, so I mean, I, like social media analysis for like big companies yeah. kind of already ex- exists. It's exist. a pretty mature industry. So companies telling other companies, oh, this is what people are saying about your brand yeah. um, online. But nobody has really taken that analysis and delivered it back to like you and me no. in a way that like helps them make a decision um, or makes it fun. And were so. you guys tempted to set up your own kind of in, um, agency 
doing the analysis in a business-to-business way or did you always know that you wanted it to be like a cool little app for everyone? Yeah, I, I, we've always really wanted, been passionate about delivering that back to the consumer because, I mean, I personally have never really trusted reviews. Yeah. Um, I'm always like, you know... Well, there's, some of skepticism skepticism yeah, there's a lot there? of skepticism. A oh, lot of times they're really old. Like, oh, right, yeah. When I was going on TripAdvisor to um, plan a holiday a few months ago, yeah. um, and the reviews were like from five years ago, and I was like, this, is, this isn't really that relevant no. anymore. So we're really passionate about, you know, people are sharing their experiences more naturally in their, with their friends. Spontaneously on, and yeah. honestly, yeah. And on social media. So we feel like that power is a better recommendation for you when you're looking for a restaurant yeah. to go to this weekend. And did you, so you just, you always had the idea of the reviews and you just refined it down to restaurants. Yeah. And were you, had you always wanted to set up a, something of your own, a business or was that, had you been like looking around for an idea or did the idea come first and then um, you thought, oh, maybe we could actually do this? Yeah, I mean, Honestly, I'd always been interested in starting kind of my own tech startup. Um, When I was in college, I started a website. uh, It's no longer exists, but it's called stylemystic.com. And so it was for, like, basically young young adults, women, girls um, could go online. They could fill out a profile about, like, what their personality was like, what their body type was like, all these types of things. And we would send them daily fashion tips from different, you know, different stores to match, match them. So... I built that when I was in college, but I never really, I didn't have any practical experience so in terms of building that, a business. You so. always knew it was something that you were into. Yeah. And when you say you built that site, you actually built it yourself or you kind of commissioned someone to build it or... No, yeah, I built, I, I built it myself. So I was taking a class at the time, or a yeah. course at the time, in um, like web design and databases and stuff like that. Yeah. So I actually started it as a project for that class yeah. and then kind of just L- kept it. running it. Yeah. Um, but got a bunch of like Russian girls on the site, and there we had this discussion board, and they were all speaking in Russian, and I like <laughs> didn't know what they were saying. And so I was like, I should probably... I'm gonna shut this down now because I don't. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just. But it was the one of the building blocks, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when you you you're developing this idea, what's it like? How hard is it? How long does it take to come up with a little product um, from the idea? I mean, yeah, that's got to be the a big step between people who want to do it and people yeah. who actually make it work yeah it's it's funny actually I mean because sometimes I look at it and I'm like this is way way harder than what I thought it was going to be yeah. and then sometimes I look at it and I'm like this has to have been easy because you know I don't really have a you know I don't have an MBA in business or anything like that and you know look at how far we've gotten so I think it's really trying to figure out what your strengths are and really like capitalizing on those so make sure that the idea of the business you're trying to start is actually something where it plays to your strengths so yeah. and what from, would you say your your own particular side of it is the technical I would, so my co-founder when we were first coming up with the idea and, and building basically a prototype he he's um, his background is in computer science so he actually did a lot of the building okay um, and then my background is in math so I did a lot of the algorithms that analyze the data um, so I would kind of just like write that and kind of 
a mathematician's terms, yeah. um, you know, basically in Excel or in a Word doc, and then I'd hand it over to him, and then he would actually code it up in, code in a it. computer language. Yeah. So, but it worked pretty well because those are both kind of our strengths, yeah. and so we could bring our strengths to, you know, to build it as opposed to say, if I wanted to start. I don't know if I wanted to write a book like I'm not an author it's I'm not good at writing it's not one of my strengths so I probably would struggle to get that off the ground as opposed to something that kind of plays to what you already know if that and makes do sense you, in, in your I think a lot of people who want want to set up an app or a, a web business they are outsourcing a lot of that side of things maybe mm. to coders or even like people in another country who are doing that so you've got quite a big advantage in that you and your co-founder were yeah. putting your own ideas into practice yourselves rather than trying to communicate it to yeah. a third party. Yeah, yeah. I think um, we did have an advantage and, and I think my advice in any time that um, I meet with founders who have outsourced a lot of their core business, yeah. um, it does work in some scenarios, but it's just it's just you're putting a massive risk in what you're trying to build. And I would always try, strongly try to recommend building a business that plays to your strengths yeah. or find a co-founder who's going to be in it with you 50-50, who has those skills that you may be lacking. Um, Does it also save money, I suppose, if you can do that? Presumably you yeah. can do. You were doing that in your spare time? Yeah, yeah. It's like you'll save a massive amount of money because you're not trying, like, you don't have a day job and then some of your salary is going to pay somebody else. And it just get it's, it's kind of like if you were going to start up a, like, like start a restaurant, you wouldn't outsource your chef to somebody you know, you've never met before. Somebody you've never met before. No. It's part of your core business. So if you are trying to start an app, um, try it's, to find someone who can, who can help you. Yeah, as who's a 50-50 partner. Yeah, who's in the room with you. Yeah. And um, is there quite a lot of trial and error when you're developing it and definitely. throwing things away? Yeah, definitely. I mean, and that's, you know, that's another reason why it's so good to have somebody sitting there with you because if you're paying somebody to deliver it, you get the app delivered and actually it's not quite what you wanted or you get users to test it and they don't like it and you want to make a little tweak well now you have to go spend a lot more money to go do right version 2 but yeah, yeah there's a lot of iteration and so when did the point come when you were like right this is it this is actually happening I'm going to quit my day job Twizu, get my business cards printed up. Yeah, it's um, so for us it was a pretty easy decision because we were like, okay, if we can convince investors to invest in this like crazy idea and this crazy prototype that we have, right. that's a good signal that it has legs. So we had built a very ugly, ugly version of Tazu while we were still working full time. We had gotten a, some like foodies and core users to try it out. Like, would you use this? Oh, cool. And then we took that kind of data and kind of our vision to investors and said, hey, we have this idea for Tazu. You know, want to invest some money in it. And so once we had investors' money, yeah. um, then we we quit our jobs. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Can you like remember so, the date that you did that or anything? Yeah, like yeah, I do, I do. My um, co-founder and I went in every time. So we've raised two rounds of funding, yeah. And each time we go uh, like with the team and celebrate at Hawksmore. So I remember each time really distinctly because it's that moment where you're like somebody else besides like me and maybe my parents believe in this idea, yeah, you know. So it's a great validation of it. And then have a, a really big stake. Yeah. To celebrate. Yeah. And um, so you say you've got investment from people. 
where do you go and look for that? I mean, there's a whole industry, right, for people doing what you do that is a kind of channeling, bringing investors together with startups. So how do you get yeah. into that? Yeah, it's um, there's a very good network of investors in London and even over the last two years since we've started it's gotten even more more investors who are really keen to invest in technology it's startups. Just loads of people with too much money. <laughs> no it's it's actually it's it's a business for a lot of them. So yeah. they want to make a return on their investment. So they've seen you know companies like Facebook or uh, Twitter or even Yelp they've seen like really early investors in those companies make tons and tons of money once those companies IPO'd or maybe with uh, WhatsApp when Facebook acquired WhatsApp. So they definitely see it as a business deal where they could potentially make, make a lot a, of money. Make a killing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's similar to uh, when investors invest in the public stock the market. Stock exchange. Um, but the difference with... They get in there a lot earlier. Yeah, they get in earlier They um, and it's just a much higher risk. Right. So what what do you have to do? Where did you find did you did you get introduced by a third party like a, a startup investor yeah. event or something like that? Yeah. So when we um, like in that time when we had the mega ugly version of Twizil, is that um, your beta version? Yeah, it was like our I would even call it an pre alpha or a, you know <laughs> pre pre yeah pre baby pre app. pre baby app yeah. Um, we uh, participated in an accelerator program. So okay. there's a lot of programs for startups where you can join and they teach you a lot of what you need to know to build a startup. And then at the end, they have you can present to a room of investors as kind of like the final event as being part of this accelerator. And how do you get on that? Do you have to pay to do that or do you apply? You like apply. a kind of competition? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you can apply. There's a lot of different models out there. Some take equity, some don't take any equity in the company. It really, it's really a wide range of um, different opportunities for startups. Cool. But that's how we really inserted ourselves in the ecosystem is participating in one of in those an programs. And then you got to meet your investor, potential investors. Yeah. And so then you have to kind of do a big sales pitch to them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And can you remember any of the little taglines or intros that you used to kind of win them over? Um, what were you kind of saying to people? Yeah, I think I, I do remember because it, it sounds pretty nerve-wracking. Yeah, to me, it's, it's you get better as it as you go along. So, like the first one, I was so nervous. I was like, you know, they're going to ask horrible questions. I'm not going to know the answers to them. But then, once you do a few, you realize a lot of the questions are the same, um, and you under you can anticipate you get what your, they want to see. Get your pitch. Yeah. Yeah. More slick. Yeah. And I think um, what resonated with investors the most was, you know, us saying less than 1% of unique visitors to sites like TripAdvisor or Yelp actually leave a review. And that's really, really, that's really small. And yeah. in comparison, there's seven more opinions on Twitter for every one Maybe traditional one. review on, you know, say TripAdvisor. So, and, and then we started having the conversation you know, that that's a huge opportunity here because, these companies like TripAdvisor, like Yelp, like even Google with Google reviews, they spend tons of money trying to get people to leave reviews and trying to see if they're credible and policing it and all these types of things where... Meanwhile, over on Twitter... Meanwhile, over on Twitter, the data's already there, so why don't we just pull it in yeah. and, um, and see if we can compete with some of the bigger guys. 
Amazing. Yeah. And then what did you start using the investment to... What, how did you spend that mm. money? Um, we spent mainly on staff, so... Right now, most of our costs are on on staff. So and how many people are in your team? Yeah, so we have seven people. Wicked. Um, and before, so like before we got the investment, it was just John and, and myself. Um, so the investment. Did you, did really, you have an office back then, or were you working from home? We, we worked from the British Library. Oh, cool. <laughs> Which actually, I That's I miss not that bad. No, it's not. I miss those days yeah. a little bit because. Um, you get to see so many different people in the British Library. Um, you can get one of those reading cards, and you can go into like one of the quiet rooms, and like nobody bothers you. Their Wi-Fi is actually great. That's it's such free. a good tip. <laughs> yeah. Free office. Yeah. Heated Wi-Fi. Yeah. They have no a little rent. cafe there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it makes you feel building. smart. Yeah, you know, you're surrounded by knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we started in the British Library, but um, the investment helped us like get we have some brilliant engineers who work for us now we have an actual office yeah um do you have a sign that says twizzy on the wall yeah we do we do cool yeah um and then what what have been some of the most exciting developments since then when when would you would you say that was when you built up your team and started the business for real yeah so we've been building the team you know slowly but surely since we got that investment which was in um april 2014 yeah um i'd say probably our biggest milestones so far have been when we properly launched in london which was in July 2014. So that was a huge. Um, so that's your that's your market at the moment, right? It's all London restaurants. So we have we do London, but actually, just uh, three weeks ago, we started rolling out to a lot of US cities. Oh, amazing! So we've been doing. We have a campaign going called 12 Cities in 12 Weeks. Yeah. So every Monday, we're turning on a new city for oh, 12 cool. weeks. And yeah. That's happening right now. Yep. So that's happening right now. So yesterday, we uh, launched in Atlanta. Yeah. And then this upcoming Monday, we'll. Be launching in New York. Wicked. So that's probably our next biggest milestone after getting it off the ground in London. Is, is saying, you know, this this technology is so scalable and the opportunity is so big. The tweets are already there, so let's just turn this on for a lot of cities and um, try to get some users there. Amazing. Yeah. And then, how does the app make money? Then it's um, just to pay to download it. Yeah, so it's a it's a free app at the moment. Okay. Um, and our investors, and I know this is, it probably sounds crazy to a lot of other uh, people who are not in the tech startup scene, but um, they're actually they're okay with us not making money at the moment. What they want us to do is kind of test out a lot of different business models to see where we get the most traction. So we've been testing out some restaurant advertising in the app so restaurants can advertise to our users um, with some deals and specials. Um, That's one possibility. Yeah, and uh, users can also book a table within the app. Okay. Um, So that's another uh, one that we've been testing out. And then the third one is our more recent one that we're still exploring, but basically licensing the data out to third parties. So say um, you have a lot of restaurant listings on your website, but you're struggling to get community to leave reviews. We can uh, plug in our you know analysis of the tweets so that okay. you can display tweets People on your site. Can, can so buy your are, yeah. Yeah, your yeah dating and your data and your rating. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so that's going on now, the American thing. Yeah. That's kind of quite a lot, isn't it, in under two years? 
Yeah, it's been it's um it's been really really busy, but I think all tech startups you kind of have to move pretty quickly to try to see like where your traction is, um, you know, iterating the product, you know, fixing bugs, doing everything because we're trying to go up against these huge Massive. companies who have millions and millions and millions of pounds to spend and you know we have a little bit so we have to move fast to see you know what's our best shot at trying to capture somebody and get them to switch from say googling uh, you know restaurants near me to now using Twizoo to search for Finding restaurants out. near me that's yeah. the next challenge is just get, getting it out to more more people mm-hmm. and um, what are the tips and um, bits of pearls of wisdom do you think you've learned on the journey so far is there a specific way of doing things that really works in the world of apps yeah that's a good question um I think it's really finding a balance of looking at the data so how are people using your app um what are they saying about it um do they like it what do they what do they like about it what don't they like about it and then also just going with your gut um in terms of like staying aligned to your vision what do you really want to accomplish here yeah. um and i think it's really that balance and i think if you go too far just looking at the data or too far just trusting your gut um it will steer you probably in the wrong direction so i think that's probably the one thing we've um we've learned over the last two years is really trying to find the balance to make the most progress have you got any examples of things where you started going in a direction that that didn't work out and you had um, to kind of jettison that idea or like a, an amazing bit of inspiration that you had that changed it all yeah I think that's also a good question I mean I think when is we it hard to illustrate it because it's so data based or no it's I mean we we started off with Chizu thinking okay if we put all these you know quirky features in the app it's going to get people to switch over so we constantly ask ourselves like you know restaurant discovery apps is isn't new right it's not a new thing so right. people probably already have on their on their phone installed like open table or top table or yelp or foursquare they probably already have you know and like you said when you they go. google it so already yeah. got that kind of thing at yeah. the top so we had to ask ourselves and we continually ask ourselves you know what is going to get that person to switch over yeah. to use us and at first we thought okay if we put quirky things in the app um like we used to have a drunk food finder um <laughs> that would like pop up you know it, like after midnight because it assumed that you're drunk if you're looking for food how so, many drinks have you had you want um <laughs> right up from quite sober so you can have a nice meal to yeah full on kebab pizza <laughs> yeah so yeah. we used to like try to do these kind of quirky things in the app thinking you know that's going to be a big um, draw that's going to be the draw and you know i think it turns out it's actually it's actually the opposite you just Simplicity. need to do one thing really really well yeah. and and get that one thing really um right yeah um and for us that's really finding restaurants near you so um i think we're you know one of the best if not the best offerings if somebody wants to find something near them right now um and that's then we started kind of pulling back some of the more quirky features and trying to really get that really near fine yeah that aspect of it right that yeah. worked yeah for you yeah and you can kind of see the figures go up quite yeah so you kind of see yeah you see the user figures go up it's quite reactive having out. an app right mm. you can you don't have to wait long to get your feedback and see what's working and what's not. Yeah, so you you kind of just you throw it out there yeah. and then you try to get people to use it and then you see what they're doing and you see how long they stay in the app. 
Um, and it's all it's all anonymous, but you kind of see like, okay, how long do people usually spend in the app? What are they tapping? What are they searching for? Um, I mean, we've had crazy searches in our app, like people searching for Obama in London. And I'm like, no, we're not a president finder. Like, I don't know why you're putting this into our app. So you, you find a lot of those Maybe that things. was one of the drunk people. <laughs> yeah, I know. Maybe it was one of the drunk people. But you um, can... Everything that people put into it, you get to, to see if you want to look at it. Yeah, so, like at a, at a high level. So yeah. you can see, like, this is, you know, how many people are searching in Soho versus Shoreditch. Um, this is how many people are using the near me search or searching somewhere else. Um, you can see how many times per week is the user usually using your app. Yeah. Um, and you can also see, like, how many is people... Is that quite addictive, like, looking at the figures... Um, I think for me it is, yeah. but I, I um, am a little bit of a nerd and really like data, yeah. so I can. I think it's interesting and addictive, but I'm sure other people would be like, I, there's better things I can do with my time, <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> um, cool, and what do you kind of think you'll do in the long term? You're kind of quite associated with Twizu, mm-hmm. so do you think you're going to want to carry on building it and taking it bigger and bigger or do you think that you want to do more apps or different projects as well or have you not thought about that yeah yeah I mean I think you know I'm basically all in all in for Twizoo like I want Twizoo one day to be the customer review platform built on Twitter so like I said if you're thinking you know what movie should we go to this weekend you're not going on Rotten Tomatoes or you're not like going on say Time Out to figure it out um, you're going on to Zoo because you know that there's you know, more real-time, relevant opinions being shared there than on these sources you used to go to. So I think to reach that vision, I think it's, it's a long-term vision and it's going to take a lot of work. Yeah. So I'd say that is kind of my, so my it's focus. both, really, yeah. carrying on. And um, have you had any real good business mentors on your um, app journey? Or yeah, taking any really good advice from anyone? That, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, there's so many... With the people on the accelerator, were they kind of people who already had made a success mm. of something like mm-hmm. that? Or... Um, yeah, they've had, they've had success in like different areas. Um, I think the London startup ecosystem is still so new yeah. compared to, say, Silicon Valley. Yeah. Um, that... There isn't, there isn't really like we one have or... Them, they have a whole valley and we have Silicone Roundabout. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So that's like Old Street Roundabout in East London. Yeah. Where there's a ton of startup businesses. Yeah. And that's also where some of the things like the investment things and the accelerators are based as well. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, definitely. And it's Google there. Yeah, there's Google has an Google office thing. there. Yeah. 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 And they... Um, they have an area, I think, and they run a lot of programs for startups where you can kind of just drop in and get advice, and uh, they have some like free services for startups. So there's a lot being done to get Silicon Roundabout to kind of catch up with Silicon Valley. Yeah, um, well, it's so the same thing. And can you think of any piece of advice or motto that you've picked up along the way, or it could be one that you've come up with yourself? Um, that helped you a motto. When, when, when times were tough yeah um, I, th- I think you have to be ext- you have to be very thick skinned because really the default 
answer He's that no. most people will give you <laughs> is, you know, why would you leave a steady job, like, to go start a restaurant app, or, like, why would you do this? And, you know, you have to really believe in what you're doing and kind of just keep keep going. Yeah. Um, it's so, like, if I got down in the dumps every single time somebody said, you know, this is a crazy idea, or we're like, why What's would you leave for? that job? Or, you know, give me some kind of skepticism about either the choices I've made or what I'm, what I'm doing. You know, yeah. I, I wouldn't ever get out of bed. <laughs> um, so you kind of just have to, you, you know, you have to surround people, surround yourself with people who really believe in what you're doing. Yeah. And then, you know, the naysayers just kind of say, you know, just yeah. don't listen to them. Oh, well, that's sound advice, I think. Yeah. And um, thank you so much for telling us about Twizy. Yeah. It was a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, it was great. It was fun. Thank you. See ya. That was Madeline's Big Idea. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe on Acast, iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Bye!